Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Fiber Broadband Association's Fiber for Breakfast. We're now in our 41st episode of 2023. Before we kick off, I'd like to thank Wesco, the platinum sponsor of Fiber for Breakfast, and our gold sponsor, Network Connects. Today, I'm in Mexico City for day two of the Fiber Broadband Association's Latin America Fiber Connect event. You know, we had a great crowd of just over 800 delegates yesterday, and it's exciting to see how the industry is working to connect every home in Latin America with fiber. It's just really exciting down here. You know, in Washington, D.C., the Fiber Broadband Association, along with most everybody else, is watching what happens in the House of Representatives. The House needs a speaker, and until one's elected, legislation cannot be passed. Additionally, the short-term budget runs out on November 17th. So there's a lot to accomplish in a short period of time in Washington. Later today, Wednesday, October 11th, say the 10th, October 10th, from 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern, please join the Fiber Broadband Association and NTCA for our joint webinar, Internet for All, Getting Beat Right Now, an overview of FBA and NTCA's playbook 3.0 on bead implementation. You know, over the past few months, FBA and NTCA has released modules from their playbook 3.0 that provides deep dives on key aspects of what states will need to tackle in their initial proposals. The most important webinar will discuss topics covering in Playbook 3.0 and beyond, including the extremely high cost threshold, the letter of credit, affordability, and much more. Our next and final Regional Fiber Connect workshop for 2023 will be in Minneapolis on October 24th. So that's two weeks. Registered, registration for this event has been great, and uh, we look forward to seeing everybody in Minneapolis. So please, you don't want to miss it and register today. That brings us today's Fiber Breakfast session with our good friend and strategic partner, Mike Render, the principal of RVA Research, who's here to discuss his latest research, which reveals that fiber is preferred by nearly two thirds of all internet users. But before I formally introduce today's guests, I'd like to introduce Trish Ehlers to our team, who's gonna walk us through some housekeeping items. Thanks, Gary, and good morning to everyone who's joined us this morning. Before I go over a few logistical items, I'd like to once again thank the platinum sponsor of Fiber for Breakfast, Westco, and our gold sponsor, Network Connects. Now, if you'd all keep in mind that you're in listen mode only, to ask a question, you can type it into the question box located within your control panel on the right side of your, of your computer screen. We'll host a Q&A session with our panelists at the end of today's webinar. This presentation is being recorded and will be available on FBA's website within 24 to 48 hours. You can find the recording in the events tab under the Fiber for Breakfast drop-down option. At the conclusion of today's presentation, you'll be prompted to complete a brief feedback survey. Please take a minute to do that. We really appreciate your input. Now I'll pass it back to Gary to introduce our panelists and get us started. Gary. Thanks, Trish, and good morning. I'm Gary Bolton, the president and CEO of the Fiber Broadband Association. You know, last week on Fiber for Breakfast, we had the pleasure of hearing from Brian Dar from UCLA, who discussed crowdsourced data and the BEAD state challenge process. You know, for the NTI BEAD model challenge process, the states will run. States can use pre-approved modules from NTI, or they can develop their own challenge process. Brian did a great job of walking us through the options for leveraging crowdsourced data. So if you missed it, you can watch the replay on the Fire Broadband Association's website or listen to the podcast. Today on Fire for Breakfast, our guest is our good friend and strategic partner, 
Mike Render, the principal of RVA Research, who's here to discuss his latest research, which reveals that fiber is preferred by nearly two-thirds of all internet users. Mike is the CEO and principal analyst at RVA Market Research and Consulting, based in Tulsa. Mike has been a strategic partner with FBA since 2002, and is generally known as North America's premier market research expert tracking fiber optic broadband deployment and consumer attitudes towards broadband. He has assisted some of the world's largest telecom corporations, individual company, communities, and the FCC. So welcome, Mike, and for our audience, please type in your questions as you go, and we'll work them into the Q&A at, at the end. So with that, I'll turn it over to Mike. Great, thanks, Gary. Good to, good to be here. And uh, yes, I'm excited to talk about this week's uh, topic. We um, have conducted a consumer survey with the FBA since 2007, one of the longest running uh, surveys. And so this is kind of uh, the focus of this one. We we focus on different things in different surveys and of course can't report at all, but uh, we're really focused on the 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 interest in broadband and the, the mind share of people towards different types of broadband. Next slide. Uh, next one. I guess we do have transitions there, Trish. Um, so the um, this is showing the um, overall uh, interest in broadband as being very important. Unfortunately, we only tracked that since 2019, but you can see it's in increased from 60% to 75% in just a short period of time, up a little bit during the pandemic and a little dip there after the pandemic, but generally an upward trend. People just see broadband or high quality internet as extremely important in their lives and increasing over time. Next slide. And, you know, contrary to someone's opinions, we're certainly not done with what the internet and broadband can do. Um, perhaps someone in this call is thinking about some things that nobody's ever thought about that'll be a, a real milestone coming up. But, here we're looking at some general ideas and we ask people what's important. And you can see, you know, things like medical better interaction and vital checking, independence, uh, helping seniors stay at home, safety, things like uh, uh, notification of humans in the property area, uh, more realistic online education. All these things, there's a lot of room for more growth and more uh, interest, uh, you know, even some some uh, far out ones there inhabiting an avatar robot, you know, being able to uh, play ball with your grandchild or seeing a, an elderly uh, uh, mother, father across the country, whatever. But, you know, who knows what will happen, but all these things are possible. And the more these happen, the more uh, bandwidth is needed. On the right side, down at the bottom, you can see that interest differs a little bit by males and females and, and age group. You know, generally a little bit less interest as, as age increases. But for example, for certain things like, you know, living at home, uh, female uh, 65 plus is the highest interest. So it relates to both uh, general uh, acumen with, with broadband, but also the, the need that people have. A lot of things still coming. Next slide. And you know, we ask people uh, every few years about what's important when you buy a new home. And this time, uh, you know, the, the 
the basic needs are there. Laundry room always comes up number number one. Very high speed broadband is number two. You know, it beats it beats hardwood floors and great kitchen granite and all those things. It's just important to your life when you're looking at a, in a new home. And as a uh, you know, Wi-Fi is an interesting act uh, factor as well. So broadband is obviously shown by this to be very important to people. And the next slide, I think we talk about the uh, the use in MDUs. And here we uh, are looking at um, you know multi-dwelling units, uh, apartments, condominiums, same kind of thing. You know, in this case, it's not a full laundry room, but at least a washer and dryer in the unit, very important. Second, again, very high-speed, reliable broadband. You know, better than, more important than good parking, soundproof walls, storage space. It's just very important to people's lives today. Next slide. And the next slide we're talking about now, the, what's the real impact of fiber? This is a quick review of last year's presentation where we really showed all the benefits, the true um, ways that fiber beats all the competition. You know, we take speed tests during the survey, which actually gives us probably the only random sample of survey that we can compare to other methods that may be out there. So you can see that when we compare upload speeds, download speeds, net promoter scores, latency, uh, cost per megabit, reported outages, reliability, everything in every category, fiber beats, um, you know, cable is usually the second one, and of course, DSL and wireless and so forth. Next slide. And last year, and you can look this up on the FDA's website if you want to dig deeper, but we showed that there's statistically different uh, impacts, you know, enough difference to make it statistically reliable for things like sustainability, uh, entrepreneurship, you know, working, you know, home-based businesses, migration, income, health and education, you know, particularly for people in lower income categories, having good broadband made a recognizable difference in all these things. So feel free to dive into that more if you want to look at last year's results. Next slide. And here we're going to go into the mind share. What, what is what is the current uh, position of fiber versus other things in people's minds? And to start out with, we looked at the gain or loss in market share over the last two years, where people said, yes, I changed my, uh, my internet, I had to move, or I just got tired of the old one, I needed a change. Uh, so, they, so we're looking at who won and who lost in that transition. Fiber, uh, we had the net change of 15 points. Uh, wireless was second. You know, wireless has enjoyed a, an uptick in the last couple of years because of 5G and and some better uh, results. And particularly for people that just don't have much of anything, getting a you know, you know it's nothing like fiber, but if you can get a 20 megabit signal or a 50 megabit, and you've had you know two megabits before, it's it's a it's a reason to move. Uh, DSL not as much change. Uh, there isn't as much of it out there, and much of that is in the rural areas that's left. Cable modem had the most decrease from at 14%, being, being taken mostly by both fiber and wireless. But uh, so again, the evidence that fiber is is winning, even though think about it, um, fiber is only available in in a, in to less than half the country. So uh, despite that, fiber is still winning. Next slide. 
Uh, here's market share over time as we've tracked it from these studies. Um, you know, you can look at different areas. Some of you have seen this chart before, but we're adding the latest data. Uh, Dial-up era in the early 2000s, 1900s, and 1990s. Um, you can see it, it won, but it started going down rapidly. And cable and DSL together, both were neck and neck until about 2008. They both provided enough bandwidth. And then cable of uh, DSL couldn't keep up. Smaller, smaller pipe uh, to get the bandwidth through. It couldn't keep up. Uh, cable started winning and started gaining share all the way till about 2014 or 15. Meanwhile, fiber. It's not widely available. It's not as easy to get it to everybody as cable and DSL was, but it's slowly being built out to, to the whole nation. And as it is, you can see it continues to grow in market share. Uh, the cable is starting to dip. Next slide. And fiber, about every three or four years, we add, we ask about home value. And if you had two homes that you could purchase, you loved them both, but one had fiber, the other didn't, how much would the non-fiber home have to be discounted? And as you can see, um, uh, for a single family home, about almost 5%, which is really the highest number we've seen. There's always a little bit of error in, in statistical error in market research, of course, but uh, the, by, high, the, by far the highest, generally it's been down in the 3% range. So people are seeing that it's important. And, and they're willing to pay some extra price. In many cases, even knowing that at some point they may be able to get fiber. Um, MDU users who are younger and are thinking only about the next year or so, even more important, 13% difference in price willing to be paid. And we've seen some other backups of these data from actual assessed values and so forth that, that this general, general difference does exist. Next, next slide. And here's a question that unfortunately we haven't added asked all the, these years, so it can't really be tracked. Uh, but fiber, when we ask, what's the best method of all? 63%, nearly two thirds of everyone says fiber. Um, cable is second, fixed wireless is third. You know, this is people might ask, well, why why doesn't everyone think fiber? Well, obviously, other competitions trying to say, well, we have uh, gigabit. To, or we have, you know, just as much uh, capability. Um, so it gets confusing to the consumer out there, but the consumer is quickly uh, catching on. Um, you know, interestingly, we did ask this question about four years ago once, and 5G wireless won. You know, this was in the period when, when there was all this hype about 5G, and uh, uh, no one had it yet. You know, 5G was going to solve every problem the world ever had and be by far the best. And uh, that, of course, was, uh, you know, 5G is better than 4G, but it's it's no uh, panacea. So um, 5G, fiber is num number one. And the right-hand side, you can see by their current delivery. And the people that have experienced fiber, you know, competitive providers are mostly fiber, rural electrics are mostly fiber, small telcos are mostly fiber. You can see the highest preference to fiber, then it drops off a bit. But even large MSOs over in the second from the right, 54%, a majority, think fiber is better. Uh, only 36% said cable modem and a few uh, other also rands. So fiber has just gained the reputation, deservedly so, as we saw from the performance, as the very best performance method. Uh, 
next slide. And, you know, really trying to sum this up, um, fiber shares never been higher and, and this matters, you know, um, how do we know this? We know it from the greatest movement from fiber while churning. We know it from the real estate premiums that we saw and the greatest percent calling fiber best. So the, the, the consumer is getting it. And this really matters because the market share move to fiber will probably be faster and deeper than most expect. You know, it's obviously going to happen to some extent because of the uh, increasing build that fiber is going to enjoy over the next year. And typically when we have those builds, market share, not market share, but at least the take rates for fiber actually drops a bit because it takes a while to everybody to move to fiber. But people are also anecdotally telling us that they've never seen getting to their first 20% of take rates faster than it's happening currently. So, uh, you know, we expect that that the, the share take was gonna happen fairly quickly. MSOs and cable companies don't move to fiber are more vulnerable than most expect. Uh, DOCSIS 4.0, which is said to be coming starting late this year, early next year, probably won't be sufficient. That, that'll be a next step in their keep to try, you know, moves fiber deeper in many cases, but it's still coax for the last leg, um, improves the upload speed somewhat, probably improves reliability somewhat, but it it probably is not going to be sufficient. You know, uh, already people are in the cable side are advertising gigabit, and that is just not enough to get by the reputation that that fiber is gaining for it's not just speed it's reliability it's latency it's it's all those things so you know a lot of cable companies are moving to fiber many of the small players many of the mid-sized players uh i have just been announced that, that finally i'm going to have fiber from cox cable so you know cable companies are getting in the in the in the game but the biggest ones, it's hardest for them to do that. And that's Charter and Comcast. They're steadfastly trying to hold to, to uh, coax as long as they can, but I think it's gonna be more difficult than they think. Uh, finally, rare exceptions, building, you know, with this government money bead and so forth, building rural wireless or certainly satellite or something is just irresponsible. There may be mountaintops and so forth that there, there's a reason to get fiber closer, but not all the way. But generally, even the public gets it that it's important if we're spending government money, we want to spend something that's going to last. You know, when the rural electric came on board with the, the law to, to, and movement funding to do rural electricity, you know, there were options. There were options of do, giving everybody a wind vane that would you know, cost less and, and it might power a light in their room and maybe a radio, but it certainly wouldn't have powered everything that, that has happened over the, the next uh, 80 years since they started the law. And they were smart to go all the way to the best uh, solution to uh, to fiber. So Gary, I think that's it. Um, just uh, exciting to see that fiber just continues. It's not only its real performance, but its reputation as well. Time goes on. Mike, you know, really interesting. Um, one of the things that you didn't bring up 
is sustainability. That seems like that's probably a key at, attribute of fiber. What can you say about that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, our um, our our own analysis and study has shown that it is uh, important. And, and I'm actually in a working group with the association right now, uh, looking at the current numbers. And it may be even bigger than the numbers we've shown in the past. Uh, we've got some real experts on that committee that are looking at all the active devices in a in a HFC network or DSL network. And of course, HFC is the biggest competition. Just a lot of powered devices between the central office and, and your home. And all those use energy, all those have reliability problems are called truck row rolls. So uh, fiber really does have an impact in terms of sustainability. And yeah, I think you had quote, uh, you had said um, that if when we get fiber to everyone's home, that will provide reduced carbon footprint equivalent to taking 11 million cars off the road every year. Is that right? Yeah, that was our analysis last year, and we'll we'll take a look at that. That was also using the impacts of not only direct impacts, but the fact that better performance allows more people to work from home, which means less commuting time, even considering more energy use at home and so forth. So big impacts, and uh, the, the Fiber Broadband Association should have some important input and in, inputs and announcements on that in the coming, coming months. So some of our audience, we have a lot of audience questions, um, mostly about uh, fiber versus cable. And uh, so in your chart, you're showing that cable is losing market share. You've showed that in a couple of different charts. You showed that um, cable lost 14 points of market share against fiber here in the last two years. What The question is, when do you think that fiber will overtake cable? Hmm. I uh, haven't actually projected that. It, by the way, the 14% is only on those who've switched, those turned in the last four years. The actual overall percentage is more like a point or two. But, um, you know, I would think, you know, if you just look at that chart uh, and trend it out and, and assume some gain, you know, it's somewhere in the next decade, certainly. You know, maybe seven years. I, I, I haven't actually thought about that, but good question. Uh, so one of we'll have some more inputs. Yeah, one ahead. of the questions that came in from the cable industry is um, when you showed your up, uh, upstream and downstream chart. Yeah. The it the question was why is the so you had upstream at fiber you showed it like seventy five meg. And then you showed downstream fiber at 200 meg. So if fiber is symmetric, why is it showing different on those two charts? Yeah, well, there's several things. It, it, it um, first of all, these are real world speed tests and it depends on what plan people take. Uh, it depends on what plans are offered. And many times these speeds are, are uh, run through Wi-Fi. They're they're going back to a point at the internet, coming back again. So real world transition. So they're not showing what's capable. And in fact, when we cross tabulate by what is what the the person has in their home, are they using a direct Ethernet connection? You get the highest number. Then if you're 
dropping to a mesh network, it drops off from there. If you're using only one Wi-Fi device, especially a big home, it drops further. So we have to really be working on how do you get the best in-home experience. Um, I don't know totally why there's still some difference. By far, fiber does the best in upstream versus uh, cable. Uh, you know, cable's way down there, still at, you know, 25 or so megabits. Uh, so there's a big, biggest difference you see in upstream, even more so than downstream. But the, the, the symmetrical does not always show up in our speed test. It probably will. So it's getting closer over time. When you look at your tracking, you're tracking cable like a doxis versus um, fiber to home. Because it appears that when we look at any study that cable is or MSOs are deploying more fiber than anybody. Uh, you know, all their new builds are fiber to home. Everything in a competitive area is right. fiber to home. All the, the state grants that they're being successful in is fiber to home. So it appears that cable is doing a great job of getting fiber to home as everywhere they can. Yeah, to 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 the point I've said, I'm I'm getting getting that now. And that chart is not all cable companies. It is meant to be just cable doxes companies, cable cable motor companies, uh, customers. So, um, you know that 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 share is lower than some people report because, as you mentioned, more and more cable companies are provisioning customers with with fiber as time goes on. So in your chart, you also showed net promoter scores that people, providers deploying fiber have the highest net promoter score. And as I recall, ISPs in general have the lowest of any net promoter score of any industry. Is that right? Yeah, it's still, uh, even the latest numbers I saw were, were right down at the bottom or second from the bottom. So, yeah. And you've made the point, you know, fiber is the best of the worst. But it's important to bring that up when you have such an overwhelmingly better product as fiber does versus other types. It's it's I think it's important for other for all providers to get their net promoter score up based on customer service. And that's doing, you know, having the best possible, whether it's chat or whether it's human, you know, response time, it's it's getting people to solve problems quickly. And frankly, it's trying to solve some of the trust problems that ISPs have had for, for decades, probably. You know, we've all had experiences where we sign up for unlimited bandwidth forever and and, and then troop proofs non-profitable. So you call to change your contact phone number and you are not given that benefit anymore. So people have seen those kinds of trust issues. In fact, trust is one of the most important factors and that's net promoter score. So I encourage everybody that's a fiber provider, whether you're a large incumbent or a small provider to, to build customer service and trust and communication beyond second to none as well as the product. So what also seems interesting is on your uh, net gain or loss in market share in 2019, you know, obviously fiber was graining 15 points of market share, so that's similar. But the people, DSL was the biggest loser of market share, and then cable, then wireless. And so what seems like it's flipped in the last couple of years is that wireless is gaining market share and cable is losing more market share. And DSL is having less impact. And you said that's because there's not much DSL out there and 
or at least the people that you or that are moving yeah out. yeah the the base is smaller and gets smaller all the time plus a lot of that base is still out in rural areas where you know it, it'll be uh, attacked by the fiber from the bead weed program and, and the government programs so probably a little bit less than than you know i was a little surprised at first what why didn't fiber why wasn't dsl higher in loss but but you know you think about where fiber is being built it's being built in cable areas it's being built compete uh with the you know people that really want good broadband so it's it's, it's cable is lost now obviously the better cable the the doxis 3.1 and and deep fiber cable is doing better than rural cable or or low low communicable in our community I said Cox is coming. They're actually overbuilding another cable company. So it's interesting that the, the, the fiber competition is going on. Well, Mike, uh, you always have so much great information. I'm super excited for your fiber deployment study coming out later this year. That's going to be awesome. It sounds like that fiber's on track for another record year, despite um, you know the inventory drawdown issues that we've seen in some of the suppliers face, but as far as deployment, it looks like it's rock solid. Is that right? Yeah, we don't have the final numbers yet, but uh, yeah, you know, we had already discounted some of the over exuberance exuberance that people had. Uh, we still expect an increase from from last year and and record territory, we believe, at this point. Another record year. Well Mike, you're a great strategic partner for FBA. So thank you very much. And we really appreciate all your research and insights on the fiber industry. And I want to thank everybody for joining us and look forward to getting back together next Wednesday. It's our second episode of the quantum series. So as one of the things that having a fiber network enables you to really move into the quantum age. And so we are um, having a series once a month talking about a quantum topic. And next week we'll be joined by Nicole Barbaras, the technical director at GTM. Um, she's gonna be talking about quantum computing power. So you're not going to miss that. Super interesting. And appreciate you guys joining us today. We'll see you guys next week.